Are you looking for a way to save a little money? What about getting your subscriptions under control? If so, then I've got just the solution for you. Rocket Money. With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to find a subscription that I completely forgot to cancel before the free trial was up. I'm sure you've all been there. And Rocket Money can help me cancel it. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each and every month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With them, I can see clearly what my monthly spending is and how it compares to the month before, making saving money and taking control over my finances so much easier. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Never trust a Peterson. If you've been in the true crime world for a bit, it's a statement that you are all too familiar with. In fact, this show has, over the years, covered a Peterson or two or three. On January 5th, 1954, another Peterson was born who would go down in history for the mysterious death and disappearance of not one ex-wife, but two. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Drew Walter Peterson, born January 5, 1954, graduated in 1972 from Willowbrook High School in Villa Park, Illinois, where he was known as an all-American type of young man. He joined the Army straight out of school and briefly attended the College of DuPage in 1974 before moving to Falls Church, Virginia to train as a military police officer and later begin what would be a 30-year career in Bolingbrook, Illinois, where... In 1979, he would receive the Police Officer of the Year Award from his department. By his side during all of this was his beautiful high school sweetheart, Carol Brown. The pair married in 1974 and together had sons, Stephen and Eric. 
Unfortunately, the pair divorced in 1980 after Carol found out about Drew's infidelity. Two years later, he married his second wife, Victoria Vicky Connolly, and the pair operated a Romeoville bar together. However, behind closed doors, Vicky and her young daughter would later tell of Drew's abuse during their 10 years of marriage, with Vicky claiming he threatened to kill her and make it look like an accident. It was also around this time that Drew was placed under investigation from his police unit for failing to report bribes and misconduct during his time undercover. He was fired temporarily and then later demoted, adding stress to an already tumultuous relationship. Vicky soon found out that he was in a relationship with a woman named Kathleen Savio. Just two months after their 1992 divorce was finalized, married Drew Peterson and became his third wife. Despite a rocky relationship, the pair had two sons together, Thomas and Christopher, but divorced in 2003, about a year after Kathleen took out an order of protection against her husband. Like before, Drew was seeing his fourth wife, 19-year-old Stacy Kales, while still married to Kathleen. From 2002 to 2004, there were 18 domestic disturbance reports filed at the Peterson home. Several for abuse, some for breaking and entering, and a few for returning the children late after a visitation. The calls stopped coming in March of 2004, not because Drew finally saw the error of his ways, but because Kathleen Savio was found dead in her waterless bathtub on March 1st. According to Drew, on the last weekend in February of 2004, he knocked on his ex-wife's door in an attempt to return the children in accordance to their agreement. He received no answer and, the following day, asked some neighbors to go into the house with him to see if she was okay. That's when he found Kathleen lying in a dry bathtub, hair damp, a gash on her head, and completely unresponsive. A coroner's jury, which included an officer who knew Drew personally and assured everyone that he would never hurt his wife, ruled that the death was an accidental drowning. But those who knew Kathleen never quite got over their suspicions that her husband had something to do with her death, especially considering his alibi was his fourth wife, Stacy, who was 30 years his junior and, as was his pattern, under the complete control of her new husband. Shortly after their marriage, the pair welcomed two more children, Anthony and Lacey, and legally adopted Kathleen's children, all while the 19-year-old wife and mother of four worked hard to complete her nursing degree, something that was cut short when she was reported missing on October 29th, 2007, after her sister Cassandra failed to hear from her when she expected. When asked, Drew claimed Stacy called him around 2 p.m. on Sunday, October 28th, to tell him that she had left him for another man, leaving her 2002 Pontiac Grand Am at Bolingbrook's Clow International Airport for him to find. Desperate to find Stacy, her family launched a website to aid in her safe return. But those who knew and loved Drew's third wife, Kathleen, were certain Stacy's family was about to have their hearts broken. Suspicions about the man who lost not one wife but two started to brew as police worked hard to investigate the disappearance of the wife of one of their own. With help from the Illinois State Police and the FBI, four search warrants were issued and carried out on Drew's property following Stacy's disappearance, one of which involved the seizure of all of Drew's firearms and both he and Stacy's vehicles. 
It was around this time that Drew officially announced his retirement as the Bolingbrook Police Sergeant, and on November 15th, the police pension board voted to allow him to collect his pension of just over $6,000 a month, as he had not been convicted of any crimes. Then came a lead that got the case going full steam ahead. A man named Rick Mims, a longtime friend of Drew Peterson, admitted that back when they both worked part-time at a cable company in 2003, he and Drew bought two blue plastic containers, and he provided photos of them to the police. He then sold the story to the tabloids for an undisclosed sum of money. Two days later, Drew's stepbrother, Thomas Morphy, who had a long history of addiction, attempted to take his own life after allegedly helping his brother dispose of Stacy's body, with neighbors reporting seeing Drew and another man hauling a 55-gallon barrel large enough to store a body. Everything seemed to be piecing together a pretty tragic story, and Cassandra Kales demanded Drew take a lie detector test and answer questions regarding the blue container that she saw in his garage just two days before her sister went missing. Drew's attorney, Joel Brodsky, denied that any containers were missing from the Peterson home. While all of this was going on, Kathleen Savio's body was exhumed on November 16, 2007, and underwent a secondary forensic examination in light of the new allegations. Mikhail Baden, a former New York City medical examiner who conducted the exam at the behest of Kathleen's family, concluded that Kathleen did die of drowning, but it was only after she struggled with an unknown someone who placed her body in the tub, noting the extensive bruising and scraping on her back, torso, and face, in addition to the gash on her scalp. Though the official autopsy ordered by the county was never released to the public, the Will County State's attorney told the press that, after examining the evidence of the autopsy, he believed Kathleen's death was a, quote, homicide staged to look like an accident. On January 23, 2008, Drew and his attorney called into the show of Chicago radio personality Steve Dahl, who had been a very loud critic of Drew's and suggested that he host an on-air dating game for the newly single former police officer. Steve Dahl, along with the managers of WJMK, decided to deny his odd request. After the official announcement that Kathleen's death was now being reinvestigated as a homicide, a Reverend Neil Shorey came forward and reported that Stacy had not only admitted that Drew had killed Kathleen Savio and made it look like an accident, and that she lied about his whereabouts to give him an alibi, but that she was terrified of her new husband and what he might do to her. Undeterred by all of this, Drew Peterson appeared on Larry King Live on April 11th, 2008. And that December, his publicist confirmed that he was now engaged to 23-year-old Christina Rains. On January 30th, 2009, it was made public that, following an ultimatum by her father and calling the engagement a publicity stunt, Christina had moved out of Drew's home. On May 7th, 2009, Drew Peterson was indicted for the murder of Kathleen Savio, and bail was set at $20 million. He continued his media behind bars in the county jail before the judge finally put a stop to it. Also from behind bars, Drew sued J.P. Morgan Chase for revoking a home equity credit line he wanted to use to pay his legal expenses, claiming his income of nearly $109,000 a year was not sufficient enough, 
A year later, it was ruled that Drew would stay behind bars for the remainder of his trial, with the prosecution arguing that he was a danger if released. That same month, on July 21st, 2010, it was revealed that the hearsay statements accusing Drew of killing two of his wives were not reliable enough for a jury to hear them at his trial, with the judge issuing a four-page sealed ruling that claimed the prosecutors proved Drew killed both Kathleen and Stacy, quote, by preponderance of the evidence, but that nearly all of the statements attributed to Stacy herself, quote, do not provide sufficient safeguards of reliability, meaning what she said to the reverend did not prove his guilt beyond a reasonable doubt yet were crucial to the prosecution's case due to their lack of direct evidence. Things seemed to be falling apart before they really got underway. However, in April of 2012, an Illinois appealant court ruled that the prosecution could use eight statements made by both Kathleen prior to her death and by Stacy prior to her disappearance, thus reversing the decision and giving the prosecution back a viable piece of evidence. The defense, of course, claimed this evidence was hearsay and should not be allowed in the court. So the Illinois state legislature attempted to help the prosecution with the passage of a new law, Drew's Law, which allows the prosecution to enter hearsay statements into evidence under certain conditions. Passed while the search for Stacy was still underway, the law permitted statements from a witness who was, quote, unavailable to testify. Providing the prosecutors were able to prove that the reason the witness was not there was because he or she was killed to prevent their testimony. Drew was brought to trial for Kathleen's murder in July of 2012, but the trial was jeopardized when the prosecutors attempted to introduce evidence that was not allowed, with the Chicago Tribune reporting that the judge would rule a mistrial. However, on August 15th, Drew told the judge that he wanted to withdraw the request for a mistrial because he wanted the current jury to decide whether or not he killed Kathleen. On August 22nd, 2012, a man named Jeff Patchter, a witness in the trial, said Drew offered him $25,000 to hire someone to kill Kathleen Savio. And with that, Drew's fate was sealed. On September 6, 2012, Drew Peterson was convicted of killing Kathleen Savio, with the jury citing the hearsay evidence allowed under Drew's law as the most convincing piece of evidence. On February 21, 2003, he was sentenced to 38 years in prison and was attacked within one month of being incarcerated by a fellow prisoner who hoped to sell his items on eBay. On February 9th, 2015, Drew was charged with attempting to put a hit out on James Glasgow, the prosecutor in his case, after an inmate tipped off the prosecutors of his plan and wore a wire to extract any evidence. He was found guilty in May of 2016 and sentenced to an additional 40 years behind bars. Because of this second conviction, his police pension was terminated. Despite the fact that her disappearance directly led to his conviction in Kathleen's murder, Drew Peterson has never been charged for anything in regards to the disappearance and probable murder of Stacey Ann Kales. As of 2021 and the moment of writing this story, the search for Stacey or her remains continues on with her sister doggedly pursuing her case. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to A Terrible Thing Happened on January 6th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.